Good evening, Wisdom Eccentrics by Nakchang Rinpoche, Chapter 43. Part 5, The Portal of Potency, Describing the Indescribable. Guru Rinpoche said, The Gurkha Changlode should base their practice on Yeshe, they should employ all that exists as practice because the senses and fields of the senses are all means of non-dual realization. If we take alcohol, for example, if we drink alcohol with awareness, it increases access to Yeshe. At the time of Guru Rinpoche in Tibet, many practitioners obtained the same realization that the 84 Mahasiddhas obtained in India. In Golok and Amdo, we use the word Nakma. Some Tomyurs say there is no word Nakma simply because they have never heard it or never read the word. This is like saying that aeroplanes do not exist just because we have never seen one or that buildings with a hundred floors do not exist because we have never been to New York. The mistress of blazing melody, Baza Layang, pacified the perceptions of disciples without need of activity. Merely to see her was to have one's confusion resolved and one's relationship with others harmonized. This Siddhi is wonderful. Such a Khandro would be of great benefit for the many idiots in the world. When there are too many Tomyors, there is too much suffering in the world. There is suffering anyway as long as there is Kowa, but Tomyors make this suffering worse, and then it is difficult for people to find good circumstances to practice. Those were all quotes from Kunzang Dorje Rinpoche. Chapter 43 White Raiment and Uncut Hair I'm now back in the spring of 1975 again and glad to be there, if only in my memory. Kyabje Kunzang Dorje Rinpoche is of course alive and well whenever I write of this period so I am always happy to recount anything from this time. I'd foraged around Sopema and found a place that had broad ruled writing paper. I had a few pens and made sure that at least two of them functioned. Indian ballpoint pens are, or were, vaguely capricious. I wished I'd brought my fountain pen then at least I could have made sure that writing was always possible. Today was the day when Rinpoche was going to give me some detailed information. We'd done this before vis-à-vis -vis the Dzogchen Menak Day teachings, but then my little notebook had sufficed. Today was going to require more writing, and I wondered what new marvel was going to be presented to me. Oh, yeah, good, Rinpoche exclaimed as I entered. Now there must be writing all day. I hauled out the writing pad and had my pen at the ready. 
Rinpoche began. Today I will tell you about the Gurkha Changlo Day and you must know everything. Too many people now are ignorant of the Gurkha Changlo Day and they speak foolish drivel. That will not do. You will go home and people will ask questions of you. People will also criticise and speak badly. You must ignore this nonsense and always tell people correctly about the Gurkha Changlo Day. Gu means the lower garment or skirt. Ka means white. So Gu Ka means white shamtab. We wear the white shamtab. Monastics wear red, but both are of the same design. The folding of the shamtab is different and with the Gurkha Changlo there are various styles according to tradition. As has the pleat at the front and back which represents the indivisibility of emptiness and form. The six panels of the shamtab are the six classes of Tantra. The doubled bands at the top and bottom are the same taste of samsara and nirvana. The white cotton shamtab is uncontaminated by the stain of duality, as the lotus is uncontaminated by the effluvium of the swamp in which it grows. White is the colour of undyed cotton and it represents kadag, primal purity. The word chang comes from gya chang. Gyachang were the weeping willows planted by Princess Gyaza Kongzhou when she came from China to marry King Strongtsen Gampo. So Changlo therefore means long hair like a weeping willow. Gurkha Changlo Day therefore means the assembly of those who wear white raiment and have uncut hair. Oh yeah. Rinpoche announced with some satisfaction. I think you have kept these hair vows since you were young. Is this true? Yes, I stopped cutting my hair when I was about 15 years old, Rinpoche. I replied with some amazement that he should know this about me. But there was no vow and at that time I didn't know about the vows. I only learnt that when I came to Nepal in 1971. Our top knots are the Buddha of the space element with consort. The Purvas in our waistbands are the Buddha of the air element with consort. Our ornaments are the Buddha of the fire element with consort. Our conch earrings are the Buddha of the water element with consort. Conch earrings are also the outer symbol of hearing extraordinary instructions. The inner symbol of hearing all sound as mantra. The secret symbol of realising the nature of sound as unborn. The most secret symbol is the realisation of all sound as self-liberated potency. Our silk sashes and golden copper amulets are the Buddha of the earth element with consort. So we become the Buddha families through our dress
and through the practice of our lives. Then, Dang, Ropa and Tsao, in terms of Dzogchen. Dang is shining emptiness. Ropa is the clear and unimpeded play of energy. And Tsao is the radiance of energy, which is pervasively compassionate as the purity of the phenomenal world. Unadorned hair symbolises Dang, the Lama manifesting as vast space. Adorned hair symbolises Ropa, the Lama manifesting as Ropa, realised display. Matted locks symbolise Tsal, the Lama manifesting within the sphere of realised manifestation. The left-hand ring finger bears the bell-emblazoned ring of wisdom. The right-hand ring finger bears the Vajra-emblazoned ring of compassion. The Gurkha Changlo begins with the Tantric vows. We hold these vows as Nakpas. Historically, the Gurkha Changlo day began in India with the 84 Mahasiddhas. There were two traditions in that time, those with partners and those without. Normally, Tantra is practiced with a partner, but it is also allowed without. In ancient India, both systems were found. It was at this time that the Gurkha Changlodes started wearing hair on the top of their heads and the white shamtabs were introduced. Guru Rinpoche founded the Gurkha Changlo Day in Tibet, although it actually had a small beginning with Srong Tsangampo. In that time, 21 texts of Chenrezig were translated and introduced. Dharma was not spread in a complete way at that stage, but there were Nakpas then, even so. Then, at the time of Trisongdetsen, Dharma was spread in a vast way by Guru Rinpoche and Yeshit Sogyo. Trisongdetsen established the religious code laid down by Guru Rinpoche. The code concerned the appearance and comportment of the monastics and the Gurkha Changlode. Concerning clothing, Rinpoche said, shaking his head, only monastics should wear yellow. But now some Nakpas wear also yellow. This is not good. Yellow is the colour of the Vinaya, the colour of monastic discipline. Of course, this special bright yellow became popular in Tibet because it's the colour of the Chinese court. Only the emperor and the highest in the court are allowed to wear it. So Tibetan nobles started imitating that. Then, of course, religious dignitaries started wearing it rather than wearing the common yellow of Shakyamuni's monks. Nakpas, unlike monks and nuns, may wear all colours. They may even wear yellow in the garcham or if they are giving an empowerment of zambala, but otherwise it's reserved for monastics. The Gurkha Changlo Day, according to Guru Rinpoche's advice to Trisong Daitsen, should wear white, red and blue. They can also wear black 
and the five colours depending on their activity. The black robe is for the Purba master and it is usually worn with a green shirt. Concerning food, monastics were only allowed to eat the three whites and the three sweets. They should not drink wine or eat meat. The Gurkha Changlo Day, on the other hand, were advised to drink wine and eat meat in order that their lives would be no different from the Tsok Kaula. It was advised thus because in Tantric practice you visualise yourself as the Yidam. At the time you do not think dualistic thoughts about wine or meat or whatever. The Gurkha Changlode could enjoy things considered as impure within Sutra because the inner Tantras transcended the pure impure dichotomy. So they must relish the five objects of sensual pleasure and make it the path of bliss which brings them to Yeshe. Guru Rinpoche said, the Gurkha Changlode should base their practice on Yeshe. They should employ all that exists as practice, because the senses and fields of the senses are all means of non-dual realisation. If we drink alcohol, for example, with awareness, it increases access to Yeshe. At the time of Guru Rinpoche in Tibet, many practitioners obtained the same realisation that the 84 Mahasiddhas obtained in India. There were excellent practitioners at that time. King Trisongdaitsen, the 25 Siddhas of Chimpu, the 25 female disciples, the 111 Siddhas of Chuwori, the 80 Nakpas of Yerwa, the 55 Togdans of Yangzong, the 30 Nakpas of Sheldrak, and the 25 Nakmas of Kachu. Of the hundreds of Tetons, almost all were Gurkha Changlo. When Guru Rinpoche left Tibet, Yeshit Sogyal continued establishing the Gurkha Changlo. There were then thousands of female practitioners, thousands of Nakmas. Guru Rinpoche and Yeshit Sogyal established the Gurkha Changlo Day tradition, where the female practitioners and male practitioners practiced together. We have the word Nakma as well as Nakpa. In Golok and Amdo, we use the word Nakma. Some Tomyors say there is no word Nakma, simply because they have never heard it or never read the word. This is like saying that aeroplanes do not exist just because we have never seen one, or that buildings with a hundred floors do not exist because they have never been to New York. Then some other Tomyors say Nakmas exist, but that they should be called Nakmo. This is just stupidity, because there existed thousands of Nakmas in the time of Yeshit Sogyal. Yeshit Sogyal practiced in the area of Tsangchola and also in Amdo, where thousands of Nakpas and Nakmas gathered. These days there are fewer practitioners than before, but still the tradition was handed down to the present day. 
The two divisions of the ordained Sangha renowned in Tibet during the time of the Kenlob Chusum were the monastics with shaven heads and saffron robes and the Sangha of white shamtabs and long plaited hair, the Gurkha Changlode. Both Sanghas had equal sovereignty. This was clearly specified during the reign of King Trisong Detsen. King Tri Raupachen, who ruled after Guru Rinpoche left Tibet, was a great king who respected both Sanghas. To show this, and to show that both were more important than himself, he laid out his long hair across the place where the monastics and Gurkha Changlode sat. He then tied silk ribbons to the end of his hair in order to extend his hair along the entire seating area of all the ordained practitioners. He placed the monastics on his right side and the Gurkachanglode on his left. This is clearly stated in reliable histories of the Tibetan monarchics. So it is widely known and indisputable. Let no one say there is no Gurkachanglode as an authentic ordained Sangha. One day I will write this in Tibetan so that Tibetans cannot be ignorant of their history. Guru Rinpoche established these Sanghas himself in Tibet, Bhutan and many areas over the Himalayas. So there is no reason to lack confidence that the Gurkha Changlode are Guru Rinpoche's ordained Tantric Sangha. In Tibet, in the upper and lower regions of Kham, those Nakpas are known as Ame. In Nari, the far western region of Tibet, they are known as Jopa, and in the Utsang region they are called Nakchang. In Bhutan, Sikkim and other bordering kingdoms, these practitioners are known as Serkimpas. In the Tibetan histories, four Jopas are described who, in service to Dharma kings of Tugguge and Gungtang, reversed harmful forces causing illness. Similarly, for the Dharma kings of Nangchen and Dege, there were four armes in the low part of the valley. The four armes were renowned for dispelling illness. In central Tibet, at the time of Drugon Chugyal Pakpa, there were four great Nakpas in the four directions of Drugon Tsang. Generally speaking, there are two kinds of Nakpa. There are those of family lineage and those without family lineage. Family lineages are connected father and son lineages passed down through generations. At this time, the main family lineages are these. In the Nyingma tradition, there is Kyabje Minling Trichen Rimshe. In the Sakya school, there is Sakya Trizin Rimshe. They are called family lineage Nakbas who hold succession. There are many others who hold family lineage, especially within the Nyingma tradition. But Minling Trichen Rimshe and Sakya Trizin Rimshe are the most important. 
Nakpas without family lineage exist in both the Nyingma and Sama traditions. It is not necessary, however, to have Nakpa family lineage because anyone who received the Gurkha Changlo vows can enter the kill core of whatever Yidam through receiving the Wang, Lung and Tree from their Tsawai Lama. It is then only necessary to demonstrate the accomplishment of practice. There is a custom of describing the Gurkha Changlo day as white, multicoloured or black. Those who primarily practice Sogchen are of the white category. They are those whose entire lives are indistinguishable from practice. Whatever they do is practice. So we are of this category. Those who primarily practice Anu Yoga and Inner Maha Yoga are of the multicoloured category. They are those who have accomplished practice in retreat but then devote their lives to retreat and the performance of druktab. Those who primarily learn the outer rituals of Maha Yoga are of the black category. They are those who make amulets, perform exorcism, make predictions, look into mirrors for divination and prevent hailstorms for the benefit of farmers. Black Nakpas are sometimes known as village Nakpas, but just because a Nakpa is poor and lives in a village does not make him a village Nakpa. In any case, there are many monastics whose work it is to be administrators, accountants, bursars, traders, policemen, cooks, cleaners and so forth. They all wear monastic robes, but they may not be any more practitioners than the average layperson. Some lay people are more devout than people who wear monastic robes. There is therefore no reason to speak ill of village Nakpas, as if there were no equivalent within the monastic system. In Tibet, there were only three Nakpa Dratsangs that were highly exalted. They were situated in Amdo, Chakripurdrak and Changzabpulong. In Amdo there was Retkong, and there the Nakpas either left their hair long flowing or allowed it to become matted. They wore the multicoloured Zen. At Chakripurdrak, where there is a self-arising letter R on a rock cliff, the clothing of the Nakpas was the same. In Changzabpulung, on the border of U and Tsang, were Zabpu Nakpas. They had long, free-flowing hair, the multicoloured Zen and the Nambu Karpo. In Tibet, there were so many small Nakpa Dratsangs that I can't really list them all, and there would be no purpose, purpose even in the long list that I could make if we had time. This is just for you to know and tell other people that the Gurkha Changlo Day was widespread in Tibet and that it has a rich and powerful history. Finally, I should say that it is perfectly proper in terms of the Gurkha Changlo Day to be a father or mother with children and a home. 
but cutting hair through fear of what people will say is vow breakage. You should never be ashamed or fearful about wearing the robes for which you hold vows. There are bigoted tomures, of course, who will say all kinds of nonsense.